You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. I am super excited today. Christy Dickerson from Start Planner is with me. Hi, Christy. How are you? Hi, Jen. I am so excited to be here. Oh my God. So happy to see you and to talk to you. We go way back and let's talk about your, your journey before we talk about Start Planner. Let's talk about your journey, how you got here, because I'm so incredibly proud of you and it's been so fun to watch this whole journey for you. And I'm, and I'm curious more about it because I really don't know the whole story of how you got involved with Start Planner. So, All right, so the journey. You're, you're talking about professional journey, correct? Even yes. though professional and personal is totally interlines, right? Yeah. Um, we'll start with professional. If you want to go into personal, we can go into personal as well. I know that there's a lot of things that you've put on Instagram or whatnot that I've followed. I'm going to let that be your decision, what you want to share and what you don't want to share. But you know, I know that there's a lot of stuff. So let's just start with the planner and <laughs> your journey. So professionally, actually you and I met by both being a part of, we were both writers for a business photography magazine is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, So we both were writers and for that. So that's how you and I met. So I was a wedding photographer for seven years, um, started teaching finance and business and productivity in the wedding photography and then creative industry met a friend that's a graphic designer that actually, um, we both know, uh, Jenny. She's amazing. She absolutely is amazing. And one day I was speaking at a conference and I had her, we were just brainstorming some stuff and she was creating some content for me, making my stuff look better than what I actually can make it look from a design perspective. And I shared with her this idea that I wanted to write a book. Long story short, she was like, oh, I love it. I want to one day create a planner. And I was like, a planner? Like, what do you mean? And she sent me over a screenshot. And it was just, I can't explain it other than like a light bulb moment. Like literally light bulb moment. And I'm like, what if we take what you're wanting to do and combining it with the finance and the life and all of those aspects that I do and, and preach on a daily basis and make it into one product, which eventually we launched Start Planner um, in May of 2017. So uh, May of 2015, sorry. And then um, we launched it, we bootstrapped it, we had zero investors and we both had other careers at that point that we ended up um, fading ourselves out of and doing Start Planner full-time. And by the September of 2016, we were quoted in Forbes Entrepreneur Inc. um, for um, some of the things that we were able to to grow and build. So it was absolutely crazy, but... You know, so we've been doing it for four years now. We just celebrated our fourth year, and there's been mistakes after mistakes, uh, learning obstacles after learning obstacles, and um, a bunch of businesses in between. So I also am a co-founder of a um, company called Start Loving You. We built that, did it for three years. Actually, recently sold it. Um, so that was a business that was in between there. I launched a book in September of 2017. So I'm an author of a book called Start Balancing. So that original book that I reached out to Jenny about, that happened in September of 2017. I've been able to travel and speak at cool places like Harvard and George Washington University. Um, Actually, this is a random fact for you. Um, So 2018, personally, I was going through some personal stuff. And I actually turned down almost all speaking engagements unless they were within a 30-mile radius and all podcasts. 
I just didn't want to open myself up with personal circumstances that were going on to kind of anything. And I kind of protected that aspect of my heart and my life. But in 2017, I was able to speak at Harvard and George Washington University and just these really cool places that honestly, things like that, like make me completely like pumped. Like it just Mm. like lights me up like no, nobody else. So a big goal of mine for 2019 is to start doing more podcasts and Mm. start putting myself back out there and all of those different things. And then start detoxing. I was a founder in, um, it is a company that creates gut and, um, immunity and probiotics. Um, so I have uh, partners of doctor and a pharmacist there that actually came from a health struggle that I had. And then, yeah, that's, I think that's kind of That's it. Just that. <laughs> that's, that's it. Kinda- that's kind of me in a nutshell. Excuse me while I go shoot myself for being the laziest person ever. No, no. And that's the thing is what people don't realize it's been layers, like yeah. layers of things happening and it getting ironed out. And my kind of specialty, I feel like, is I'm like, I don't really realize it, but I'm like organized to a fault and I'm very systematic, like to a fault. Yeah. So my big thing is if I do something more than once, um, I create a system for it. I automate. Mm-hmm. Um, so automate, delegate, outsource are, are things that I'm a big like teacher in and believer in. And I feel like our most valuable asset really is time. Yeah. Um, and I'm just really, I feel like I've been grounded heavily this last year, even more so in that statement that with every decision that we make from a time perspective, there's an opportunity cost, um, on things that we could be pouring our heart and our lives into. Um, so I've become really more intentional with that. Yeah, that's amazing. And you know, one of the things that you said that really stood out for me was that you turned down a lot of speaking jobs in 2018, even though it's something that you absolutely love to do. And I think that that is just such a beautiful moment of self-care that I can certainly learn from. I'm assuming other people out there can as well, because I always get so afraid. If you say no, then they're going to stop asking. If you say no, you're going to become irrelevant. If you say no, especially in, in my industry, and you're, which you know well, obviously, yep. you know, the minute you're like, mm, I don't think I want to do that. They're like, all right, well, we'll just take, you know, Jane Boudoir photographer from Connecticut. She'll fill you in for you, you know, and then that's it. You're done. You know, it's, it's very stressful. And there's times that I too have gone on trips and done, th- and I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm, yep. Why am I doing this? And, you know, I'm trying to change that as well and, and really focus more on the self-care and doing what I want to do. I think that what I've really realized, and I'll say I really realized this the last six months is, um, the spark that we each have, right. That, that energy, that zest, that like excitement to wake up in the morning, that, really good days. Like you have to know what that is and what makes that tick and what makes that happen. But more than that, you have to know what you personally need to restore that. So what you need as far as people in your life, what you need as far as, so I, I need someone in my life that will be like, ground me and being like, this is the moment. This is now. Cause I'm very much so like next go, like, like I'm very, um, I have a hard time being content where I'm at because I'm always thinking about what's next. Right. Um, so that's something that I'm kind of looking for in my life. Um, so you, you realize the older that you get, um, what's important, what's not, what's priorities, and you have to take care of yourself and say no and self-care. Otherwise, what happens is burnout and burnout's yeah. a place that you don't want to be. Yes, I agree to that. So let's talk about um, some. You said something interesting, and I had posted on my Instagram page yesterday. You sent me one of your planners. It's called the Start 
what do you call it? The start planner. So everything start planner. This is yeah. 90, the 90 day yes. start. You tell me what it's called. <laughs> so basically in a nutshell, we'll start planner. We have two planner lines. We have a hustle planner line, which is a spiral bound. Um, there's a weekly and a daily version, which is kind of everything combined finances, home, life, groceries, everything into one. And then there's the fancy pants line, which is the same thing as the hustle planner. And it's just in a binder format. So it gives you the ability to customize it. Um, and then 90 days of start is our most recent product. So 90 days of start, I literally, I tested it for about three to four months before we actually got it in. And then, um, the last 90 days of my life I've used it and I literally have not been able to go without it. And so it's, it's really designed for someone that maybe uses a digital calendar or just has an ongoing to-do list that they really just want to keep like right in front of them. It's not all those other aspects. It's really more of a journal, a notebook and the, the core principles of start into a notebook, if that makes sense. Right. It does. So it's not a planner. So let's, all right. There's, I have, my head is all over the place because there's, I have so many questions about this. I use a written planner because I cannot keep a digital calendar. I don't know how people do it. It stresses me out. I need to like visualize my week at a time. Like I work one week at a time. Like don't ask me what I'm doing two weeks from now. I can see what I'm doing this week. <laughs> I have to get through this week first. So I still use a written calendar. People think I'm hilarious because I'll go somewhere like a doctor or a friend and they'll be like, are you free next Tuesday for lunch? And like, I'll have to let you know when I get home because I don't have my planner on me. They're like, what do you mean? You have a phone. So one of the things that I love about Start Planner is that it's alive and well and people are still buying written planners. That makes me so happy. Very much so. There's a lot like you. <laughs> what is it about writing it versus keeping it digitally that is it a more, more accountability? Is it more memory? Is it just, you know, what is it about writing versus keeping a digital calendar that helps people? I think it's multiple aspects. Number one, I think we're taught from a very young age to write it out. In third grade, we're given planners. My son is still given a planner. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we're taught um, mental brain ability, like writing stuff out. I think there is something to be said when you physically see something and you physically cross it off and feeling that accomplishment. Mm-hmm. What you just said too is accountability. When it is there in front of you on a piece of paper, it's there. Like it needs to get done. A lot of times if it's on an app, you know, it's it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, and it's so easy. Like when you get a notification to be like, bing, let's just push that away. Yep. Yep. It's and, and a lot of times, a lot of the apps, like the productivity apps, um, you click check and it goes away. And I'm right. like, where did that just go? Right. I, just, I own that. I own that. Like, <laughs> I want to cross it out again. Like, where did it go? Right. So I think it's multiple aspects. And I just think from me personally, I actually do use a digital calendar as well. So people are always shocked to like know that. Like, like yes, I'm divorced. We I share calendars with my ex. Like I need that cap- capability with my team, with my ex. Like all those things like interwine into one. But every Sunday I sit down and plan out my physical week mapping it out. I'm very much like you. I want to see what's happening this week, who's who's in place. And I like looking at the month views as well. Who's in place as far as employees and resources and all the things to make all the different things happen. Um, so I use a digital calendar, but I also need that paper aspect to really visualize it and plan it out. Right. So you're, you're mostly, you're not doing like, uh, you're digitally keeping like, you know, pick my son up at, at soccer practice at three o'clock, but in your planner, you're like, okay, this is the week we work on the launch of the new planner or whatever it might be. Correct. Correct. Okay. Got yep. it. I like that idea. Let's talk about the 90 days of start. So the first page, when you open it up, well, it's page six, but really when you open it up, it says set your goals and intentions for the first 30 days. This is immediately where I'm like, 
I don't know what they are. So do you have any advice for people? Like writing in it on all the other days, that's fine. But do you have advice for somebody? And this is what I said on my Instagram page yesterday when I posted about it. I said, you know, keeping accountability and writing every day, what you're doing, fine, I can handle that. It's the setting the intentions and the goals and really getting deep in your mind and think about like what you want. Like right now, for example, I'm in a transition in my business. I've been dealing with some things going on in my personal life, just like you were mentioning. And it's taken me away from work quite a bit the last few months. So I'm at a point now where I'm like, okay, I can, it's sort of like start over, do over, you know, what do we want for the next 90 days now that we've taken the last 90 days and not pushed as hard as we could, right? How do you get deep in there and go, okay, what do I really want? Especially somebody like you who is you know, doing multiple different things. And there's probably, if I know you well, because you remind me very much of me, there's probably more things on the horizon that you're going to hear, see, or have an idea about and go, oh, I want to do that too. You know, how, how do you dig deep in that and know what really fills your soul? Like you talk about waking up in the morning and like feeling like I can't wait to get out of bed and do this stuff. How do you, how do you connect with that? So I think there's two aspects of it. One is giving yourself space and grace. That's something that I feel like we're not people that are wired like us. Cause I think we're very like self-driven grace is a, is a word that I'm still learning. Um, but giving yourself that space and grace to figure out and to make transitional change. You might just be in a season. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, I'm also struggling, I don't know what to do. Like you might just be in a season where you need to survive. Mm-hmm. Like you might be in a season where you need to be present and what you're dealing with and what you're feeling. And that is okay. You might not be in a growth season. Like, I feel like that's the, something that people need to hear and like resonate with. Like, it's okay to not always be pushing. Like, it's okay to say no. It's okay to just be content where you are. It's okay to have one foot here and one foot there and not really know what foot needs to be where. Like, it's okay. It's normal. And, and in time, that will work itself out. And if you can't figure that out, what can you do, right? Mm. I have multiple people in multiple aspects of my life that have helped me. Like mm-hmm. I am not here with all the answers because I've done it alone. Jenny, my business partner is my biggest accountability from a business perspective. We sit down and we plan out content. Uh, we business goals, finances, strategy, 90 days at a time. Mm-hmm. So we sit down and we're very intentional with what are we doing? What are we teaching? What are we speaking about? What images, what content we do need? You know, all of those things, what gives us direction, which gives, us direction to give the people that are under us direction. Mm -hmm. And then switching to like a personal side, like I'm in counseling. I have been in counseling for four years. I will continue to go to counseling. Even when life feels fantastic, I will still be sitting in a counselor's office Mm -hmm. because that is that time to sit down and to brainstorm just like you do from a business perspective and self-reflect. Where Mm -hmm. am I? Mm -hmm. Where do I want to be? What could I make myself better? What could I be doing? And that's something that I don't feel like people a lot of times give themselves grace for. And then from a health perspective, like having someone in your life that like makes sure that your, you know, the health is something that I struggled with again this year. And I felt like 2018, my health was completely under control. In 2017, I struggled. I was on 18 different pills a day. I did a radical thing and um, actually took out my breast implants in um, September, uh, January of 2018 recovered all of 2018. And I honestly think what I did was the stress of everything, stress mounting me. Although I was saying no, I was taking on more stuff from a personal perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think it all kind of like hit me, um, moving twice in 60 days. And, um, 
I had some health setbacks and some things that I figured out from a genetic standpoint that were kind of not in my favor. So also having people in that perspective, if health is something you're struggling with, if, if, you know, if you're, whether, and I'm not just talking about your physical body, I'm talking about how you feel, like your energy, your mental, like anxiety, like all these things, you guys, like you have to focus on self-care and having other people hold you accountable because ultimately what we're designed to do as humans is to almost self-sabotage. We're like survival. Especially as women. Yep. Yep. We put everybody else first and we get put last. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned the survival mode because I feel it's something I've been in the last, I want to say really it's been six months. It's really been six months. I I don't talk about what I'm going through right now because it's not my story, but I'm supporting some family through some things. And there's, you know, lots of stuff that's going on. And, you know, maybe one day I will talk about it openly, but right now I'm respecting their privacy. But um, what they have going on has really like put a lot on my shoulders. And that's okay. That's what family's for, right? And that's, you know, that's what we do. And especially like as moms, and we're still taking care of our children and we're taking care of, you know, everything that we need to do in our lives. And it's funny because multiple people have said to me, you know, it's okay. You're in survival mode right now. It's okay. You're in survival mode right now. And I'm like, I don't want to be in survival mode. (laughs) I want to be, you know, for the last 10 years, I've been busting ass and I've been working on my business. And it feels like in six months, all of a sudden it's like, where did it go? What happened? You know, which is a mental perception, I'm sure, because other people, I don't think see it that way. But I've had to sort of sit back and go, okay, I am in survival mode and that is okay. And this whole thought of like, well, you don't have to push all the time. It doesn't always have to be a a growth period is really, I'm so glad to hear you say that um, because I think type A personalities like us, we don't know otherwise. Like we're like, no, but it's always a growth period. Everything's always happening for a reason. And what's the next thing? And what, and you know, for me, I get bored with things super easily because I'm like, well, I've already done that. Now what do I do next? You know? And so yeah, I know. I'm glad that you say that. And you know what? I have really learned through breast cancer and some other things that are going on now and PTSD and all of that, that your mental and your uh, emotional health is like, we just do not take care of it. Like I am so good personally at like just pushing it under the rug or suppressing it down and being like, I'll just deal with that later. Or I don't have time to deal with that emotion or the anxiety is there, but I'm not going to listen to it because I have a responsibility to show up on this job, even though I don't want to, or, you know, whatever it might be. And when you, when you are in survival mode, all of a sudden, all of that stuff like intensifies, Yep. you know, and, and you're like, okay, well, I can't, now I can't ignore it. I I really do need to listen to it and and what's going on. And I think, um, I can really relate to you when you talk about that. And I I think think a lot of, I think a lot of people can, because I think it's just not, not a lot of people talk about it because, what do we do? We put because on then like, your life isn't perfect. Yeah, <laughs> we put on fronts, and I feel like that's been like literally, Jen. My heart and my 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 like sole purpose. I feel like for this last six months is I've learned so many things. Empathy. Empathy is something that cannot be taught. No one can understand what you have gone through until you've gone through it. Mm-hmm. No one can understand your fears that you had with going through breast cancer. No one can understand divorce and how hard it is to give up 50% of time to your kids. And no one can understand what it feels like to like, literally feel like I literally felt like at some points in my life in this last year that I would not see my next birthday. Mm -hmm. No one can understand it, but what it does is empathy is a great, great teacher. Mm. It's, it's either a motivator or if it's something that can let you crumble. So you either have that empathy and you use that fear that we have 
to, to, to rise up to something Mm. or you let it self-sabotage you. And I just want people to know that they're not alone. That has been my mission is to like break down those walls, break down those barriers for people to know that they're not alone and whatever silent struggle that they have, that they're not sharing, that they're not talking about, that they're okay. And, and that they're not alone because so many people, I feel like, feel like, um, it can't be talked about. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, there's shame. Like, you know, I talk about, I, this will be, um, by the time this comes out, it'll be two years since I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I'm still in it. I'm still in it. I need another reconstruction surgery. I probably need to have my ovaries out. Like I'm still taking pills every day and I'm taking a shot once a month and I'm still in, in the, the crux of it in a lot of ways, but and it's hard. Like every day presents a new challenge or a new thought or a new fear, or, you know, honestly, like talk about PTSD. I went to my doctor last week. I've been trying to lose weight. So I lost like 10 pounds and I went to my doctor and was like, you have to take blood work from me because I lost weight. And they were like, well, are you trying to lose weight? I'm like, yeah, but it's too easy. Like this, it shouldn't be this easy. So I must be sick. I must have cancer. And they're like, okay, Jen, we'll take blood work, but like, you're trying to lose weight. You understand this, right? I'm like, yeah, I know, but I need to know that it's not because, you know, like I didn't get cancer at the same exact time that I'm trying to, you know, it's like the PTSD is real. It's, it's crazy. You know, I can, I can totally relate. And I like, I think because of the state that I was in, in 2017, I immediately have a jump to some really bad states thinking I was this year. Um, Google, like Google has self-diagnosed with with dying like 10 different times this year. (laughs) And I think if we just honestly, stopped, like stopped doing those things and adding stressors, honestly, where we don't need to be adding them. Yeah. That's the thing. A lot of times that's what we do too, is we add stress and mount that where we don't necessarily need to. Yeah. So my point before I want to get back to my point, just because I don't want to lose it and people are gonna be like, she's losing her mind is that, um, people say to me all the time, but you're good now, right? But you're good, but you're not having chemo anymore and you're fine. Like you're good. It's been two years. You're good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good you know, on most days, but I'm really not, I'm really not, I'm not good all the time, you know? And, you know, I'm very public about my journey and I put videos out there and I talk about it, but there's also that fear of like, I don't want to get caught in the trap of being a victim, you know? And I don't want to be sorry for myself all the time. And I don't want to fear cancer all the time. And I, you know, I don't want to live my whole life cancer free, not good, worried that I was going to get cancer. That would suck, you know? Um, but you also don't want to put your guard down. You know, it's like, you're like, Oh, well, I have to eat this and I have to do that. And I have to work out. And it's, you know, it's, it's really tough. But when you talk about it, if you say to somebody, well, I'm not great, then it's like, well, you should be happy you're alive. You know? So that, I think that that's why those um, boundaries exist between talking to people about things because their reactions often are not what you need. (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I went through a divorce and people are like, I'm sorry. And it's like, you, you know, it's either people feel like sorry for you or right. people feel like, and I'm like, like I don't want to hear that. Like, yeah. you know, you, like I don't want to hear I'm sorry. Like yeah. the things happen in our life for a reason. And I just have to believe that. And, and otherwise, I mean, it's like you learn from those things and you carry it forward. And yeah, yeah. I, I can relate like 110% on yeah. where could we talk about, do you want to talk about your breast implant removal? Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause I think that we've never had anybody talk about that on our, 
the show before, and I think it's valuable information. And certainly I know that for me, <laughs> I want to know more about it too, because I obviously do have breast implants, but let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So you had the breast implants put in when? So 2005. So I had them for nine years. Um, and so kind of to kind of bring it full circle, I really feel like I didn't get the final piece of my story until about three weeks ago. Um, so with my current health stuff going on, um, my doctor was like, look, let me send you to a specialist. He focuses on genes, genetics, like let's, let's dive in further and really Mm -hmm. look at that aspect. Well, I actually found out that I have four different genetic mutations and the Mm -hmm. inability to detox. And one of them is MTHR. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's Mm -hmm. actually a really common thing talked about right now in, um, media as far as, uh, that. So anytime that there's a foreign object in your body, our bodies are designed to fight. That's what they're designed to do. And I don't think it happens to everyone at all, but I think that people that have low immune systems or immune system suppressed, it does and can open your body up to being more susceptible. Um, I have a very, I don't want to say finicky immune system, but I have a very sensitive immune system. And I now know why looking at my genetic. So, um, I basically had my implants taken out and within two weeks, I felt completely different. What were you feeling up to that point? Food sensitivities, brain fog, uh, just swelling. Um, like I had a scope rent on my throat. I couldn't eat different things. Um, heartburn all the time, just random things like hair loss. Um, you know, the biggest thing I feel like was the inability to like focus and my energy and like, and that happens, I think, right. Because the body's really focusing on fighting the breast implants. And so it it takes from other places of the body. Yep. Yep. So, um, and I, I think that now that I've kind of got the full genetic picture of what it was doing, it's like my body can handle them. It literally Mm -hmm. couldn't handle them. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how that happened. And you said you started feeling better two weeks after two weeks after. And I, I think that literally once that all the medicines got out of me, um, and I think that the first two weeks was literally just the pain from it, you know, cause Mm. I had drains and it's like, Mm. Oh girl, I know about those drains. <laughs> yeah, the drains were like the worst. It's funny because I need another surgery. You know, I need a new reconstruction, and I was like, "Am I going to have drains? Because if yep. I'm having drains, I'm done. I'm not doing it." And the doctor's like, "No, we're going to try to avoid the drains this time." I'm like, "Please, with everything you have, avoid those damn drains. They're terrible." They were literally the worst. Um, so you know, but it's been it's been a crazy thing. I was on the news talking about it, and I probably get. I'll say 20 emails a week right now mm-hmm. of women that are reaching out, you know, wanting, and I never want to be a voice that is telling people what to do because it, it doesn't happen to everyone. Mm-hmm. I always just want to be a voice that educates. And, and this is something that you should be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just listen to your body and, and, and know. And um, I think now doing this genetic testing, it's like, I wish our country had more proactive um, healthcare and mm-hmm. what I call it. I, I, I say America really has sick care. Mm-hmm. We don't go to the doctor until we're sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we had more proactive healthcare because if we all had a bunch of knowledge that we did have and um, we could make proactive choices and making sure we're taking care of our gut and our health and our immunity beforehand instead of reactive, mm-hmm. I do honestly believe that things could be avoided. And people are like, God, you're so crazy about like your gym stuff and your like meal prepping. Like, do you ever waver? And I'm like, yes, I waver. Like, I'm, I believe in moderation. I totally have like, when I get a pint of ice cream, I'm eating that whole pint of ice cream. It's Mm -hmm. like, there's not just having a couple bites, a pint of ice cream. So I do believe in moderation, but at the same time, I know what it has felt like to like 
not physically be able to do stuff. And my body, I treat it like I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. And I literally do. And the sport that I'm playing is life. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to feel my best and to approach my work, my friends, my family, be the mother of my kids that I need to be, I need to feel my best. And this is what it takes. Right. It takes eating clean and doing these things and investing. Like you wouldn't even believe how much money I spend a month in supplements, you know, not even with start detoxing my own company with other things that I need right now with enzymes to that my body is lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I feel like it's not only something I like, I, I, preach, I like live it um, mm. because I have felt it. Yeah. And I love that you put that into the planners, by the way, to bring it back to the planner. Like uh, even on the 90 day, the 90 days of start, you have um, markings for eight glasses of water. You have the, you know, pills, like take your morning and your afternoon stuff and going to the gym. And, you know, I, I really, um, the gym keeps me sane. Like the working out keeps me sane. I have a lot of problems with my joints from the shots that I take. And if I don't work out for two days in a row, I'm a cripple. The more I move, the more my, (coughs) excuse me, the more I move, the more my joints work. It's like keeping them lubed, you know, it's like, all right, I, you know, they, they're working and it's become such a vital part of my mental health. Also today, I, you know, I've been taking Muay Thai and today in the Muay Thai class, I said to my uh, professor, I said, you know, this is the only hour a day where I don't think about anything else. You know, like I am just surviving in that class that he doesn't kill me. You know, like I am, I don't have time to even worry about my problems because I will get a punch in the face. You know, it's, but it's so good to be able to give yourself that break away from it. And I mean, it's about consistency, right? Like everything that you're saying really about work, about life, about health, about planning, about 90 days, it's all about consistency and just doing it every day and teaching yourself those habits, I guess. Yeah, it's it's absolutely coming up with healthy habits, and it might just be adding one thing in um, here and there, and then just once it becomes a healthy habit, it becomes a routine. It becomes a consistent part of your healthy yeah. life, and you start um, seeing it. I mean, I I take also a bajillion supplements. It's a little out of control, and sometimes it feels like a chore to take them. But I have to tell you, after I do, I feel good. Like if I miss a day, I can tell the difference. Yep. You know, it's like, and, and I always find this so interesting as women, we have such, or I should just speak for myself, but I think most women will agree that I have this habit of wanting to, to gear towards like, oh, I don't feel like taking my vitamins. I don't feel like going to the gym. I just feel like eating those Doritos. I don't, you know, but every time you do, you're like, oh, I feel like shit. Nope. <laughs> you know, like at what point is that relation going to stick and be like, okay, you know what I need to do? what's good for me. And I think that this is, is some, if, if we all as women and as men can realize what helps us to reset. So for me, that gym is a mental reset. Mm-hmm. It's a mental reset. It's a mental break. For some, it might be going out in nature. For some, it might be painting. For some, it might be picking up a camera. For some, it might be travel. If you can know and be able to self-recognize what you need to reset, because we all need resets multiple times a week. Uh, if you can be self-aware of those, those can help you to have more productive and more good and more happy days. Um, Cause the reality is there's some days that are not as great as others. There's some days where you're like, I'm killing it. I'm owning it. And there's other days it's like, I'm in survival. Mm-hmm. Which is Even- also kind of what I love about this 90 day start, by the way. Cause for me, I feel like saying, okay, if I'm in survival mode, I could write that for the day, right? Like 
here's the thing. I'm going to take 10 minutes out of my day and I'm going to write in my journal every day. And that, even that is a reset time, right? It's like a time to say, okay, you know what? Let me just focus on me for 10 minutes, which we rarely get as women and as moms and employees and business owners. So to take 10 minutes and go, okay, let me, and then say, okay, you know what? I'm in survival mode today. And this is why, and start to understand. And then it's just like a food log, right? Like you can go back sometimes and be like, oh, right. I forgot that I did that when I was in survival mode last time. That will work. You know, so, I f- let me tell you this. So going through my divorce, um, I'm very much so someone that like wears my heart on my sleeve. And I made a, de- a decision to keep my divorce and everything I was going through out of the public eye for my kids, for my family. And until I didn't even share that I was divorced actually until a couple weeks after I had moved out. Like, mm-hmm. But what I realized that I needed for myself. And it was actually through the recommendation of my counselor was to journal. Mm. So actually I haven't brought myself to look back at it yet, but for a year I journaled and I have 32,000 words Wow! where some days I would wake up and I would write for an hour and a half. Some days I would wake up and write for 10. Some days I would wake up at two in the morning and I couldn't sleep and I would get up and I would write for 30 minutes. Like Mm. that would be my reset. So I think that if you figure out what that is and what that outlet is, whether it be the gym or whether it be journaling or whether it be all that, like, just know that it's okay. Like it's just okay to not be okay in that moment. But what will get you through in the survival mode, what will help you get through to that next moment. And some of it was just me writing how I feel. Some of it was writing like emails to people that I was like getting stuff off my chest, but I really Mm -hmm. never even sent it, you know, like, so, you know, just processing emotions and emotions is something that people don't talk about processing the ability to process your emotions and not wearing it as stress, um, and anxiety and depression and all that, like stress is the number one killer, like all the research, all the books, all the data that I've read, like stress will do a number on you. Um, so just self-care, you guys, self-care is so important. Yeah. Well, I love it. And I love that we can do it with the 90 days of start. I am going to start soon. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so, I, I'm one of those people that like, I get so scared to start writing in it. Cause it's like, now it's like done. Like it's, it's like, I messed it up. I gotta, I gotta keep going now. So yeah, I, I'm I, like, I need to be ready to start. <laughs> my girlfriend said the same thing. She's like, I'm starting Monday. She's like, well, July 1st, July 1st is a new month. And she's like, <laughs> But then there's Fourth July. July. Fourth. <laughs> She's like, okay, the, the Monday after, and I'm like, just freaking start. Like, right. So, so like July third, like if July, and you're like not wanting to do anything, just write. Not wanting to do anything, it's okay. Own that there are days that you just need to be like. Just and here's the thing: they don't have dates on them. So my mm-hmm. feeling is, if let's say I finish the 90 days of start in 120 days, I'm okay with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You make your own rules, right? You do like do what works for your life. Like, and that's the big thing is, um, I want people to realize like use other thing, use resources, um, for inspiration, not imitation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in our social media world that we have, people look and think this person's doing this and this is, you guys, it's normally a highlight reel number one, but yes, look at other people to get you inspired, but realize what what your lane is and take that inspiration and apply it to your life. Yeah. This is something, this is a a competition thing. It's funny because, uh, I just recently had a conversation with a friend of mine who's, uh, very well-versed in this area of like women versus men. And, and, you know, I went to this women's empowerment thing a few weeks ago with my daughter. Let's use the term very loosely, 
because I guess we all choose to empower women in different ways. <laughs> Their way is not my way, but that's fine. She enjoyed it or whatever. I wanted to poke my eardrums out, but that's, you know, we're not the same target audience, but I came home all riled up about this event. Like, I just want to poke my eardrums out. And I, this girl, she's talking about body image, but she's 19 and she's got a perfect body and like, you know, whatever it was. And, you know, he said to me, you know, this is, this is the, this is the thing about women versus men. Men are taught to compete, uh, you know, with themselves. You know, I want to score more goals. I want to be better at my job. I want to, whatever. Women are taught to compete with each other. It's such a, it, it keeps us down. You know, it's like the crab in the bucket. You know, have you ever heard that story where the crab, there's two, put a crab in a bucket, it escapes, but two crabs in a bucket, they'll never escape because one just keeps pulling the other one down. I have and, never heard that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's true. <laughs> really, but I don't know for sure because I've never tried it. But but this is the, the, in theory, you understand, you know, yeah, okay. one will always pull the other one down. So that's the difference between women and men often is that the women are, are always pulling each other down. And you know, that's part of the competition that we've been taught to say, oh my gosh, you walk into a room and you say, oh, am I the prettiest person here? Who's prettier than me? Who's wearing better clothes than me? Who's, you know, got a better business than me? And then we put our shit on Instagram and make it look polished and perfect. And everyone's like, oh my God, she totally has it all together. And I don't now I need to look more together. And it's just perpetrating the problem. You know, so I think that you're a hundred percent right to look at other people for inspiration, but not competition, uh, you know, to do things your own way is great. And I mean, I guess you can really get in touch with that with the planner. I'm, I'm like really looking, I'm a meditator. So I'm really looking forward to sitting, sort of meditating about what I want to put in this planner, what I want it to serve in my life. Um, you know, for me, it's a matter of health. It's a matter of business. It's a matter of parenting. Uh, there's so much that you can change in 90 days really is like my last 90 days of my life. Uh, I'm in a completely different spot. Wow. So yes, absolutely. Well, let's leave it at that. Cause that is very powerful. Where can people find this planner and all the other planners if they want to, um, purchase those. So startplanner.com, um, all one word. And then, um, we're on Instagram, of course, start planner. And you can find me, Christy Dickerson on Instagram and start detoxing is startdetoxing.com. That's the main areas that you can find me. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to spend with us today and sharing so much of your life and your vision and your goals. You're beautiful and inspirational and I adore you. And I'm so glad that we're connected. Same, Jen. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.